The chimera, a monster in Greek mythology, has made its way through the years into popular culture. To name but one recent example, chimera was a name given to a deadly combination virus in the movie Mission Impossible 2. Of course, the name of the antidote for this virus is also taken directly from Greek mythology, Belafron, the creature that ultimately killed the monster. However, it is clear that this mythical concept of a single organism being formed from two actually occurs in nature. Indeed, some of the autoimmune diseases, traditionally thought to be a pathological response to self, now appear to be a physiologic response to non-self. Perhaps this is nowhere better demonstrated than with the rheumatologic disease scleroderma. You are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Today we are discussing microchimerism as it occurs naturally in humans. In this segment, we will be focusing on scleroderma, a traditional autoimmune disease that may not be autoimmune at all. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm your host, Dr. Michael Benson, a clinical assistant professor in the Department of Obstetrics and Gynecology at Northwestern University in Chicago. With me today is Dr. Lee Nelson, a professor of rheumatology at the University of Washington and a researcher at the Fred Hutchinson Cancer Research Center. Dr. Nelson is a pioneer in the study of microchimerism and has done work on rheumatoid arthritis, scleroderma, and lupus. Welcome, Dr. Nelson. It's a pleasure to be with you today. Thank you for joining us. As most of our audience uh, are probably not rheumatologists, can you just briefly go over uh, the symptoms of scleroderma? Yes. Scleroderma is a relatively uncommon autoimmune disease, and it is characterized by what the term stands for, sclero is hardened and derma skin. So thickening of the skin is really the hallmark feature. Systemic sclerosis is a term used to indicate that there's also internal involvement and systemic sclerosis is subdivided into two types, limited and diffuse, according to the extent of skin involvement. The reason that's important is because generally when there's more skin involvement, you have more internal organ involvement, and it's a more serious disease than the limited form. So the limited form just really involves patches of skin, is that right? Actually, people are often confused by this. If you begin with scleroderma, there's a localized form that that refers to the patches, like morphia, occurring more often in children, or linear linear scleroderma. But the other fork in the tree is to systemic sclerosis, and then that subdivides into limited and diffuse according to the extent of skin involvement. And it's not usually patchy and limited. It's symmetrical. It just doesn't extend proximally. So it's not on the trunk, and it's not proximal to the elbows or to the knees. And when it's limited, uh, then it doesn't bother the lungs and do all kinds of other things? You certainly still have uh, gastrointestinal involvement, for example, in a limited form. But you don't tend to have the pulmonary fibrosis or the cardiac involvement or certainly the renal involvement. There is one exception, though, which is people with limited disease 15 years down the road can sometimes develop pulmonary hypertension, and that can be very serious and needs to be treated. Oh, I see. What about uh, how is it diagnosed? What are, are there some specific tests, or is it all clinical? It's usually diagnosed, like most rheumatic diseases, by a constellation of features. Certainly the hallmark feature is the induration of the skin. There are some autoantibodies that mark the disease. People are most of the time probably more than 90% of the time ANA, anti-nuclear antibody positive. People with the diffuse form of the disease sometimes have an antibody which is called anti-SCL70. 
in people with limited form of the disease, another antibody called anti-centromere. The anti-SCL antibody is also called anti-topoisomerase 1. Yeah, well, don't make me repeat that. <laughs> um, you know, it's very strange, though, because it's an antibody to an enzyme that uncoils DNA before replication. And so you have to wonder why someone would make an autoantibody to an enzyme like that. I mean, it just represents a derangement of the immune system and wouldn't naturally occur otherwise. Is that right? We certainly don't know yet. Uh, there's a lot of work being done in this area, but it's not known. What about the gender differences in scleroderma? There's a female predominance of the disease. It's about 3 to 4 to 1, and the peak incidence in women occurs somewhere in the early 50s somewhere between 40 and 60. And does pregnancy make scleroderma worse or better? It's uncommon enough disease before you get pregnant, I mean, in the earlier years, that there's not a huge world experience. But it doesn't necessarily get worse or get better. It's tricky to manage, for example, if somebody has renal disease or they have more serious organ involvement. But there are researchers that have followed this as their specialty and uh, found that you, you certainly can have a good and successful pregnancy with scleroderma. What role does microchimerism play in scleroderma? Well, our hypothesis for microchimerism in scleroderma was that the persisting cells from an earlier birth would be playing an adverse role. It's not always the case that we've hypothesized that the fetal cells that persist after pregnancy would play a bad role. We think they also play a good role in other circumstances. But in this one, we hypothesized that they would be part of the problem. The reason we hypothesized they'd be a problem at all was really combining a series of observations from a number of different aspects of medical science. One was that graft-versus-host disease that occurs after a stem cell or bone marrow transplant looks remarkably like scleroderma. Another one was that fetal cells do persist probably indefinitely after a pregnancy. In 1996, the first report to formally study that showed that even 27 years later, you could find cells persisting from a prior pregnancy, even in some healthy women. Another observation, of course, was just the female predominance and the peak incidence that I mentioned earlier, which tends to be in women in post-reproductive years. So you had the hypothesis that these uh, persistent fetal cells may be a, a source of disease in scleroderma. What evidence did you collect? We initiated a blinded study where we tested for male DNA in women who had previously given birth to at least one son. Now, we did this not because we thought it was worse to have a son than a daughter. We did it for the technical reason that we could use one test and evaluate a lot of women. Um, whereas if you were to test for fetal cells persisting from a daughter, you have to design a specific test for each daughter. And there was a test that was available being used by prenatal diagnosis um, physicians, and we borrowed their test and used it to quantify the amount of male DNA in women with scleroderma who had sons and compared them to healthy women. And what did you find? We found significantly higher levels of persisting male DNA, uh, a proxy for fetal microchimerism in the scleroderma patients compared to the healthy 
women. And it was a little more prevalent. In other words, there were more women that were positive as well. But the most striking thing was the, the levels were higher. So there was both a quantitative and, to a weaker sense, a qualitative uh, difference. Yes. Um, were there any other studies that have been done in the interim besides the uh, fetal male DNA in scleroderma women to support this hypothesis? Well, well, probably perhaps even the more important part of that paper was we hypothesized that having too much genetic similarity in these persisting cells could be a problem. And usually people when they hear that, think, well, why should similarity be a problem? Our reasoning was that if you have a persisting cell that's easily identifiable as foreign, it's not a problem. But if it's too similar to you, extremely similar, it could operate somewhat like a computer virus would, get into your own immune regulatory system and give a faulty signal. Would the foreign cells necessarily be rejected? If they were very foreign, then they would just be killed off? Yeah, we believe that they don't constitute a problem if they have sufficient foreignness. And in scleroderma, does the disease in the skin and the lungs occur because that's where the fetal cells park themselves, or is it because they inspire a systemic immune response that just happens to attack antigens in the skin and the lungs? That is an excellent question. I don't think we know the answer to that question now. I would tend to put some betting money on the cells parking there, as you would put it. Now, there's a little twist to this story that we haven't talked about, and it's almost like a good mystery novel, which is in other studies, uh, we have found that they aren't just circulating blood cells. The cells can actually act like a stem cell and differentiate. So you can, How do you know that? With a lot of hard work, Ann Stevens, who is an MD, PhD, working with the group pediatric rheumatologist, developed a technique where she could put a stain on a cell and have the stain stay there and also identify whether it was male or female with a fluorescent signal. And so we could identify what kind of cell it was, and we could identify, for example, a male cell in a woman. I have to say, I think this subject is getting pretty weird. And as a matter of fact, uh, if there are um, audience members that have been following this carefully, I have to imagine that some of them are uh, really upset at this point because if they were listening carefully, they heard that scleroderma can occur in men. And so how in God's name can fetal cells uh, persist in men and cause disease? What's your theory about that, doctor? Well, you're right. Scleroderma can occur in men less frequently, and it can also occur in children and women who've never been pregnant. But fetal cells isn't the only way that you can get chimeric cells. I'll give you a secret. I kind of knew the answer to this question already, <laughs> but it's, it's, the answer gets weirder than anything we've been talking about now. You might only know part of it, though. Oh, I'm, I hardly know any of it, but go ahead. <laughs> the most obvious one is the traffic that occurs during pregnancy between a mother and child goes both directions. And so mother cells go into the baby. And in 1999, we reported that maternal cells can persist into adult life in people that have competent immune systems. So I'm sure there are a few people out there that don't like that idea, and there are probably some other people who are comforted by that idea. But in any case, I think uh, most of the time the cells do good, or at least they're neutral. So uh, unknown twins... Mothers giving cells to fetuses, fetus giving cells to mothers. There's two more, at least. Um, one has been shown and proven, and that's from a blood transfusion. 
sometimes if you have a non-irradiated blood transfusion, such as happens with a trauma patient, those cells can persist long-term. That's been shown by um, a, a group at UC San Francisco headed by Mike Bush. Another theoretical possibility that hasn't been shown yet, but I'm beginning to suspect that it probably does happen occasionally, is because your mother continues to have cells from an older sibling and your mother's cells can get into the fetus when you're a fetus, conceivably you could get cells from an older sibling. That is so weird. That is weird, I agree. I want to thank Dr. Lee Nelson, a professor of rheumatology at the University of Washington and a researcher at the Fred Hutchinson Cancer Research Center, who has been our guest. I'm your host, Dr. Michael Benson. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Be safe. Be informed. For comments and questions about this program, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.